Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flowing Sunflower podcast. I am your host, Blakes. Today, I have with me Daniel. Daniel, you are the internal coordinator for social media for Extinction Rebellion Global. Can you um, explain what Extinction Rebellion is? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for having me on your show. Uh, well, Extinction Rebellion is a decentralized global movement that uses nonviolent direct action on civil disobedience to persuade governments and companies to act on the climate and ecological crisis, which, as you know, it's the most, the biggest threat that we have right now to our existence. I mean, we're just in the border of the six mass extinctions, so it's extremely important. Awesome. Thank you for that explanation. And what is your history with Extinction Rebellion, Daniel? Well, I I first came across Extinction Rebellion on the week of the Declaration of Rebellion in London. I I am a photographer and an artist uh, after a long time of being a software engineer, but that's another story. And I just happened to be uh, doing some photography in the UK. And then I saw this huge group of, of, of young people like protesting for something and their energy was just so contagious and everything that it just I had to come close and start asking them for what was going on I I did many interviews and then I realized what it was immediately I I mean I, I didn't used to be the person that used to recycle or anything like that but as soon as I found this out I wanted to know more about it and I realized the importance of this climate crisis and originally I I thought from the beginning, I was like, oh, I started looking at myself, at my life, and I started changing some of the ways and uh, that I do things. And I realized that the problem didn't lie outside of myself. And it, and when I started blaming myself too, which ultimately I realized it was wrong uh, because of Extinction Rebellion. So as I started learning more about the, the movement, I realized that it is actually the system. It is actually the companies. It is actually everything outside there. Because unfortunately, even if we all recycle, even if we all did all of these things, like have a bamboo toothbrush or something, which I do have. <laughs> I mean, we do as much as we can anyways. But um, the reality is that 100 companies are responsible for most of the emissions and most of the pollution that we have out there. So we need to attack that from the root, the root cause, which is uh, the system and the companies. So I joined the movement. Uh, I moved to New York City and I moved, I joined XRNYC at the end of uh, 2018. Uh, the first march that I went into was um, Universities Rebel, which was all of the universities of New York City uh, came together, especially, especially NYU. And at that time, then I used my skills of photography and live streaming and everything to start uh, working for them, like uh, volunteering uh, my time on that. And I just found that passion. And then I realized how important it was. And we created community, which was an amazing thing uh, to tackle things like climate anxiety. And then um, ultimately, I started growing into more coordination roles. So I became social media coordinator over there, media messaging coordinator. And then I saw the opportunity to actually go to the front lines. And I mean, going to uh, South America. I, I found an opportunity to come to Colombia, which is where I'm at right now, and join the local extra group here. Uh, which has been an amazing learning experience for me. Uh, my roots are Colombian, even though I was raised in the United States. Um, and it was just an amazing opportunity to see my people, where I came from, and see how this whole climate crisis is actually affecting all of these places. So with this, I became a more global person in the movement. And then finally, I reached Exer Global, which is the global 
um, part of the movement where we really just focus on coordinating all of these global situations, understanding the global perspective. So that's how I became the social media uh, coordinator for XR Global and recently Global Support Facilitator as well. Um, so it's been an amazing journey until until now. I mean, it's been so many years now. And I think the biggest thing right now for Extinction Rebellion is trying to uh, ensure that we don't lose hope. Hope is the last thing we, ho- we that we lose. And uh, we want to ensure that our rebels uh, don't lose it as well. Because if we do, then we're falling into that narrative of the oil companies that wants us to think, oh, everything is lost. So just let's just be hypocrites, ironic or something like that. But but yes. Wow. So I I love your story and I love how it aligns with the show because you mentioned community, you mentioned your artistic passions intertwining with your activism work and as well as obviously activism. And thank you for explaining, you know, what Extinction Rebellion is, what your role is. <clears throat> so my next question for you is you mentioned civil disobedience. And that's uh, basically the the root of the philosophy of Extinction Rebellion, from what I understand. Um, can you explain some different ways that Extinction Rebellion uses civil disobedience? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, actually, this is one of the things that made me fall in love with the movement originally. Because I saw that they had smart, well-planned, safe, creative ways of actually calling the attention of people. I mean, I haven't seen this before. I mean, when I started to get really into the, the, the movement and to the community, I realized that they plan out each action for months. They make sure that every single thing is safe and they ensure that we use art, music, dance, whether it's marching, whether it's having impactful, unexpected ways that, uh, you know, that make people exciting and actually come to us and ask what, what's going on. Um, that I realized that <laughs> that this is amazing, and uh, I fell in love with that. Um, just throwing a boat in the middle of Times Square. I mean, it's one of those things that you say, "Wow!" I mean, who's not gonna uh, fall for this and actually ask what is going on? So that's the amazing thing uh, about civil disobedience with Extinction Rebellion. It's about uh, being creative. Um, non-violent always, which is one of the also amazing uh, components of it. Uh, so it's in what way that is non-violent we can call attention so that people understand, so that we can make people aware of this climate and ecological crisis. So what are some of the different types of demonstrations? I've seen online um, the scientists' rebellion, I've seen mothers' rebellion, I've seen even younger people coming out. So can you kind of touch on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what you're talking about are branches of Extinction Rebellion. So there is really certain types of affinities with certain communities. Uh, so you're talking about scientists' rebellion, or you see that's the combination of many of the science and scientists uh, that are looking at all of the studies of real factual studies. And then they have to come together to show people, hey, look, we come out here with our uh, white robes and we're telling people that this is real. So in the same way, we have money rebellion, animal rebellion, mindful rebellion, more like a meditative type of uh, regenerative thing. 
you talked about Mother's Rebellion, which is a newer th a newer uh, branch of Extinction Rebellion. But really what you're trying to ask, I think, is what types of, um, uh, what type of NVDA do we actually have? What type of groups? And in reality, aside from these branches, we have first our local groups, which are, if the group is very large, like this, let's say the one in New York, then uh, we will have uh, neighborhood groups, you know? So like, like uh, Upper West will have something, Soho will have something, Brooklyn will have another another type of groups and they come together and then they have their same uh, type of uh, strategies. And I mean, as long as you're following our demands and principles, which we can touch about later on, um, you are, you can be Extinction Rebellion, you know? So yes, so that's for the bigger groups. For the smaller groups, then you just have general small groups that come together and then decide to make uh, actions that are impactful within the, their amount of numbers. And then also locally, when a group becomes so big that uh, you have enough people to dedicate to each specific, uh, let's say, uh, business or uh, let's say fashion or something, we call them affinity groups, which is we have a group of people that are interested, let's say, on art. So we go to museums and we say there is no art in a dead planet or we go to sporting events or we go to a fashion uh, week or something like that. And then we're like, okay, so fast fashion, all of these different things, we bring all of these subjects. So those are the type of groups that we can create. And then there is um, the global groups. So we have global support, which is where I'm at right now, which is an amazing thing which has seen the actual global perspective. We see all of these local groups thinking about the local situations, but then we have this global that we say, um, okay, let's think about everything that we say. Let's think about everything we do so that when we say anything, it actually applies to everybody worldwide. So we think about things like a just transition, which uh, is one of our demands that we can talk about later and how it affects everybody. So that's the special thing about global support. And then the last thing that I've seen also in bigger groups, it's supporting roles. So for example, when I was in XRNYC, uh, we tried to do a lot of actions regarding the line three in Minnesota, which was an Enbridge uh, line that went in top of the Anishi Navo, Navo uh, commun indigenous community. Sorry if I said it wrong. Uh, but this is the first time that I saw XR take a supporting role, which was amazing. Uh, we send actual rebels from New York and all of the uh, um, northeast of the United States uh, to Minnesota. And then without our flags, without our logo, without Extinction Rebellion, we just went there to support them. I remember actually making flags that just say Line 3 with, without our branding uh, to ensure that we protect them, to ensure that uh, they're not there alone and to actually learn from the situation. It was a, it was a great thing. So I guess that's all of the other types of MBA that I can think of at the moment, but yes. Yeah, yeah, that's a great answer. Thank you for touching on all those different aspects of it. <clears throat> I guess um, the next thing I wanna know about is you mentioned some of the principles and values. Can you explain some of those? Okay, yeah, absolutely. So Extinction Rebellion has four demands. Uh, which is exactly what we go out. We just don't go out uh, just trying to protest without a specific end goal. So our first demand is tell the truth. It's pretty simple. It's just tell the media, tell the, the government to declare climate emergency. It's to say, hey, this is actually happening. It's true. 
this is an amazing thing because we see, especially in the United States, uh, with certain politicians that I want to name, that they said that there is uh, that this is fake, that, that there, there is no climate change. So that's just ridiculous to start with. Our second demand is act now, which means, okay, now that we have declared climate emergency, let's act like the house is on fire. Let's act like actually something is happening because we cannot continue to have business as usual. If you continue to do this, then everything is lost. So that's our second demand. Our third demand is called beyond politics, which means uh, that we want the governments to be led by something that we call citizens' assemblies. Uh, that is a combination of people from every demographic in specific country that come together. And then that way they can let um, the government on climate-related situations. So it's about allowing the people to, to lead so because we, we understand what's the reality in each of our uh, regions and localities and things like that. And finally, is the for demand, or what I call demand zero, which is, should be the base of all of the other demands, which is a just transition. I mean, we cannot just um, advocate for um, a transition into green, green energy and everything without thinking on this being an equitable and fair for everybody around the world. I mean, we're thinking about um, people, for example, in the Congo, which has um, the mine for, for cobalt or, or all of these different things that are being exploded. We have child labor. We have all of these different things that we have to also think about when we're thinking about changing to these renewable energies. And other countries and places which literally their livelihood is uh, depending upon the oil in the, or the fossil fuels. I mean, they go to work in mines, they work on different things. If they don't have this, they don't have a transition into a way to, to live. So we're talking about millions and millions of people that they don't have other education, they don't have any other type of job to do. So we cannot forget them or else uh, it wouldn't be fair for, for everybody. So these are our four demands. Uh, and as, as long as you have these four demands and principles, which uh, include nonviolence and all of the things that you've heard before, then you can be considered as part of Extinction Rebellion. The, the next thing that I really want to get into is how does a, a normal person get involved in this type of advocacy? Well, in any possible capacity, really. As I said, you mentioned scientists. We had scientists. We got lawyers. We got musicians. We got um, people that work on newsletter, on the media. We got people that work on websites, on social media. I mean, any possible capacity. The important thing to remember is that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Fortunately enough, we have movements like Extinction Rebellion that already have everything that you need. So if you actually just go and look into rebellion.global, then you will see somewhere says get involved. And then it will allow you to find uh, local groups. If there is not a local group, it will give you the toolkit or anything to start a group in your own uh, place and country. Again, we, we have this backbone ready to go. We have all of this community, all of these connections. So it's about coming together and realizing that your voice is the most important thing in this whole thing. So uh, just any capacity, again, that you do any, any little thing, it helps. Um, and don't lose hope. I, I always try to keep saying that. Uh, I think there is an epidemic of, of people losing hope because they see that 
as much as we try, I mean, we don't move fast enough, but this is something that we cannot lose. Um, I know there is a lot of people talking about the word hope in different ways and connotations, but I mean, if we lose hope, we lose absolutely everything. So I just encourage everybody to please uh, remember why, why we're fighting for, uh, remembering that this is affecting people now and that it will affect people even worse later on. And then if we don't come together and keep pushing, keep pushing, then we're going to lose this fight. And I think humanity is worth saving. I mean, many people might say not, but I do see beautiful things in humanity. I've seen it throughout my life. I've seen it in people. Um, I mean, look at ourselves as activists. We, uh, we do all of this voluntarily. We do all this from our hearts because we believe this. Just looking at ourselves, we can tell that humanity is worth saving. Um, we love, we have compassion, and that's something that should fuel our fight. Awesome. Okay, well, for listeners, if you're interested in this topic and joining the fight, I really encourage you to check out the website, um, inform yourself, get active if you're passionate about this topic. Daniel, thank you so much for joining me today, answering my questions. You did such a great job, and you know, keep, keep fighting the fight. Thank you so much.